Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Claudine Cooper, who I actually met through the internet sometime around last summer. I managed to network with a lot of new faces. A lot of her content really uh, stood out to me. I watched a lot of her live videos, and I thought she was very motivational. And there's a lot of things that I align with in just how she shows up in the world, what makes her so passionate about what she does, And with all of that being said, I'd like to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to my audience. Let them know who you are, what you're all about. Hi, everyone. My name is Claudine Cooper. I am a longtime fitness professional. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to Chris for having me on his show. I'm impressed with his work. And one of the most beautiful things about the Internet is that you can connect with like-minded people. So I believe in holistic wellness. Um, I am a fitness trainer. I specialize in serving my community. That's something I'm very passionate about. It's actually something I have to do today. So um, with that being said, I I just want to throw it back over to Chris. I don't know what else. Maybe I'm a wife and a mom and all that other stuff, but we'll get to that. Right, Chris? Totally. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool how, uh, like, it shows that you have experience with uh, speaking. Like one thing I like about your lives is that it uh, kind of brings people in. I mean, when I first started watching you live, it was right when things were getting shut down. Um, It was at a very vulnerable time for a lot of people. Um, It was also amidst the time when, when everything was going on in the world, just like so much happened in 2020. Um, Black Lives Matter, there was uh, just people realizing like how how fitness is essentially for everybody. Like it, it's not necessarily going to be accessible to everybody unless somebody takes a stand, which is something that you kind of do with, with essentially just by um, providing opportunities and providing connection. Connection being something that stands out to me a lot about what you do. With that being said, what comes to mind with the word connection? Like what, what kind of pops into your head when I, when I use that word? Um, well, thank you for saying that it, it looks like I do a lot of speaking because honestly, Chris, I was terrified to get on live video and try to teach my class while simultaneously engaging with an online audience. I had never done that before pre-pandemic. So my specialty for those of you who are tuning in, first of all, thank you for being here with us. Um, Second of all, I have been teaching fitness since I was in my early 20s and I'm 46. So with that being said, I was very comfortable in the gym. I knew how to walk into a studio, put a mic on and, you know, attack any obstacles that came my way in that environment. Right. But in 2020, when they said that the gyms were closed, to be honest, I thought that it was like a 
you know, maybe a few days, maybe a couple weeks. But I have been working in the gym since I was a teenager. So for me to go from working in the same environment since I was a teenager into my 40s, I feel like I was pushed. I was shoved. I was uncomfortably forced into this kind of new arena. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been on social media forever and for always, but teaching my, bringing my magic, teaching my fitness online was something that was new to me. And it was something that was scary for me because I knew that I was capable of captivating an audience in the gym. But I wasn't sure I was going to be able to transfer my energies from the gym onto my iPhone. I mean, quite frankly. So when you say that you were engaged in those live videos, it, it just really gives me the affirmation that I need to keep doing it. Um, other than that, when you say connection, I just feel like disconnection is what motivated me to continue to do what I do in this online space. Sometimes we don't always know what we want, but we know what we don't want, you know? And I knew that I didn't want to be disconnected from humanity. And I knew that being disconnected was bad for our mental health. So I continue to teach live videos, live workouts, encouraging mental wellness, as well as physical wellness during the pandemic. And I also continue to teach outdoor classes that were socially distanced and safe for people who wanted to do that. Now, I never would beg anybody, force anybody, pressure anybody, but if you were someone who felt safe enough to come outside and to exercise amongst other people, I provided the space for that. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's something that uh, probably proved to be very valuable for people in a time of struggle, of uncertainty. You kind of talk about the uncertainty of taking up space in the online world of like talking while instructing workouts, stuff like that. Um, and a lot of people would be feeling that same emotion as they are going into whatever transition their life would have, whether it be career, growing a family, um, having to learn about themselves, like the list goes on. Um, we're going to go back like 20, 25 years in your life. Like what was happening for you when you started in the fitness industry? Like what, what was your like turning point that made it such a thing for you to, to do? You know, I've told the story so many times. I swear people are tired of hearing it, but, <laughs> but I do think it's important to tell because is it, it's, um, it highlights the importance of interconnectedness between mental wellness and physical wellness. So I'll tell it again for the hundredth time, but um, I was going through a very sad time in my life. I lost quite a few people in my family and in my friend group from tragic deaths, things like suicide, things like homicide, things like drug overdose, stuff that is pretty heavy to deal with for any person, but extremely heavy to deal with 
for someone who is a teenager. You don't even have the coping skills at that age. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if I have the coping skills at 46, but I'm saying I for sure didn't have them at 16. And so I went to a therapist and she was all about kind of the holistic approach to therapy. She did not prescribe any medication or anything like that. She just told me to incorporate 60 minutes of daily exercise into my life, period. And at first I didn't like her advice because when you're 16, you know everything. (laughs) In fact, I have a 16 year old upstairs who knows far more than me about all things I'll have you know. But anyways, um, (laughs) so with that said, I didn't think she was right and I didn't take her advice. And I continued to get worse. See, mental health is mental health is very similar to physical health. If you ignore it, pretend it doesn't need attention, it'll continue to get worse until it forces your attention. And in my case, I was sleeping all the time. I lacked energy. I couldn't put my finger on it, but she said, if you just do this thing, I promise you'll see a difference. So as I got worse, I started to say, well, she's not going to, she's not going to budge. So I'm going to have to do this. And so I started exercising in my bedroom using a VCR and cassette tapes. And I would just do the workout with the, with the aerobics instructor turned on to mute and my music blasting in my room. And I would work out. And then as the weather changed, because I think most people know that I'm from Minneapolis. So I endured the four seasons. One of the hardest times of the year is the winter. A lot of these things were going on in the winter. So as the weather changed, I took my workout outside. I started jogging and walking and I'm from an inner city neighborhood. So people were not used to seeing not in that neighborhood, at least, you know? And so my cousins, they started exercising with me. I didn't ask anybody to join me, but you know, one thing about it is when people start to feel you in your joy, they're drawn to it, you know? And so I just kind of gathered up some friends and then we would walk, we would talk, we would jog, you know, whatever. Um, And then I, I thought, this is awesome. I felt better, you know, Um, I felt more connected to people and I, I wanted to try to see if I could get a job at the gym and I did. And I've been working at the gym since I was a teenager. So there you have it. Awesome. Well, I mean, I knew that it was going to be a story that you probably told a handful of times, but the cool thing Uh here is that it would be so many people that would be hearing it for the first time. And it's kind of like we see the infographics on the internet or we see like, the average trainer will be like, oh, I don't need to tell people that protein is good for you because they've already heard it. But sometimes they haven't. And sometimes people might be struggling and they, they might think, well, like, what, what could I possibly do? Like, what, what could I do to improve on myself? And it could be something as simple as, like, finding something that suits them with regards to movement and just keeping it simple, not making it complicated. You talk about the tape in the VCR and in your room and... It's, it's less intimidating. You can build up from there, form a community, and it kind of grows. Um, as I was preparing for this interview, 
I found a video on YouTube where it was just highlighting your group fitness and just the impact that that had on the community members and just they were very moved. It's something that I can uh, can speak to just with my experiences with spin classes. Like it's it's life changing for people. It's almost cult like in how it can help people through some of the toughest times in their life. Um, what was that like? For you being able to provide a space and being able to witness these moments in these people's lives? You know, what's interesting, Chris, and I know you probably know this being a spin instructor and all of that is that um, you're operating in your passion, right? So you're showing up because you love it. And funny thing is, all these years, decades, I never really I was never in it to like inspire people. I was never like, oh, look at the impact I'm creating and all of this. I was just doing what I love to do. And one thing I always say is I was healing myself and in turn, I ended up helping other people heal themselves as well. Totally a byproduct of doing what I loved, but, um, such a blessing. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's important to point out because that means everything about what you were and what you were doing and what mattered to you as authentic to everything about you. And it, it's like anything, like when somebody's branding a business, an authentic message carries more weight. It might be difficult. It might not be easy because it takes a lot of effort and consistency, but that has the, the outcomes. Whereas if we pretend to be something that we're not, if we pretend to be some hippy-dippy, super influential, inspiring, charismatic, quote-driven person, and we're not, like if, if we are just saying one thing and doing another, it ends, it stops. That's the turnover. That's the, the boom and the bust. Um, but it's cool to reflect on that because I think a lot of people will hear that in you and how you're working on yourself and they'll be like, wow, yeah, like if I reflect back on my journey and how I was working on myself, I grew quite a bit. What was that like for you? Like you start in fitness and you're at one point in your life. What's it like to reflect on the growth that you've experienced in a couple decades? You know, if I were to uh, speak on my growth, I would have to speak on my growth from the perspective of working at a gym from the time I was literally high school age to working at the gym through marriage, through college, through pregnancies, through postnatal recovery, through, I mean, you, I can't even like through having three kids under five years old coming with me to teach these kids. I mean, I could go literally, I could go on and on about the amount of growth seasons that happened during my my career as a fitness professional, which I'm still doing the work, but I'm just saying like, it's been so much that, um, I think the magic happens. If I'm being honest, I think the magic happens in the imperfection. And I, I want people to hear this because I'm, I'm literally having morning sickness. I'm pregnant with my second child. I have my toddler. She's going to the daycare at the gym. I'm struggling. I have morning sickness. I'm running to the bathroom before I go to teach my class. I'm 
vomiting. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm running up to the studio to teach. I'm coming in there. I'm sharing my process. I mean, obviously I'm not like, Hey guys, I just threw up. I'm not doing that, but you know, I'm sharing my process and saying like, this is a struggle for me. I would have much rather have been at home right now versus dragging my ass in here to teach this class. But I feel like being able to authentically show the imperfections in my growth seasons all throughout. I'm talking about in college, I was pulling all-nighters, waking up in the morning. I mean, well, I guess in in an all-nighter, you don't wake up. But you know what I'm saying? Like pulling an all-nighter, going straight to the gym, teaching a 9 a.m. class and telling everybody, like, I'm white. I just pulled an all-nighter. And then they say, oh, my God, Claudine, I remember when I was in college and I used to be able to pull all-nighters. I'm 40 now. There's no way in hell I could pull an all-nighter. But I remember those days and I relate to your process. And I mean, anything you are going through, when you share it, other people are like, yes, girl. I know exactly what you're talking about. I wanted to lay in the bed too. You have morning sickness? Oh, my God, I had morning sickness too. Like, whatever... And it may not be everyone who can relate, but when you show up as yourself in this way, like as my stomach grew, as I gained 30 pounds with one of my kids, as she was overdue, I'm still showing up. I'm swollen. I don't feel good. I'm still teaching my classes. And I'm saying that to say that even after I had my my children, um, I would go back to teaching relatively quickly, you know, and any woman who has delivered a baby knows, despite what the Instagrams and the internet will have you believe, most women are suffering after they have children with some kind of body issue. You know, could be, you know, you're very swollen in your breasts. It could be that you have loose skin on your stomach, whatever it is. Most average and normal women who are not portraying this somewhat image on online um, can relate to the fact that the struggle to get yourself back in shape after giving birth is one that requires daily dedication, consistent effort. And I think not to go on this long, sorry about going on this long winded trail with you, but (laughs) I think part of the reason why I've been able to connect with so many people from so many different walks of life is because I never shied away from standing in front of people at my worst, at my best, during my, during my practice, during my growth, during my, my own efforts to be better, stronger, whatever. Anyways. Okay. I'm off. <laughs> that was awesome. There's so much about that that I really appreciated. There's there's a lot of people that I train as a trainer who have just had a baby. There's friends in my friend circle who just had a baby. And, you know, I could talk about it, but that doesn't mean anything. So to have you talk about it would hopefully um, be very helpful for anybody listening that gravitated towards it because of who you are. With that being said, you kind of talked about the the seasons of growth and like the many different things to go through and the things that I found that were helpful about how you showed up 
in a pandemic where was that it was another season of growth that was a challenge that we all went through it was something where we showed some of our imperfections we kind of showed our weaknesses our vulnerabilities and you freaking owned it like it was just it was cool to actually see someone just kind of like stand in who they are and just show up as they are and just say it like it is and speak their truth um when we dial it into that specific moment in time what were the the moments of growth that you experienced that kind of stand out to you the most in the last year and a half or so wow chris this has been one of the deepest growth seasons not just for me but i think for so many human beings you know and in so many different ways like in my case um, a few months into the pandemic, I actually got an email letting me know that the job that I had had for 20 years, um, I no longer, I no longer work there. <laughs> That's about how the email went. So there wasn't a whole lot of emotion um, in the email because it was a business decision that they had to make in order to save the company, which I totally understand. So they had to let go of thousands of employees. It wasn't anything personal. My friend Farrah, she always says, make sure you tell people that they didn't fire you for your performance because you were well loved there, which is all very true. But um, I'm saying that to say that when you tie your identity up, in a job or in a particular environment um, and then the environment or the job is dissolved for whatever reason you have to ask yourself like a few tough questions and these are the questions that i had to ask myself and one of those questions was am i who i am because of that job or am I who I am outside of that job? Can I do what I do anywhere or can I only do what I do inside of those four walls? And when I asked myself that question, I knew that it was time to expand. I knew that I was not being pushed every single time I've been in a very challenging tough transition. I mean, you asked me how I originally arrived at exercise. So imagine grieving people for these intense losses and then finding a passion for something that later translates into a great impact for many other people. So every challenging experience that I've had that's brought me to my knees has later grown me in the best possible way. I'm in complete agreement with that. I think uh, that's going to be something that stands out to people as they listen to this in the sense that uh, the whole detaching your identity from what it is to be an instructor or a trainer or what have you, like people are who they are and then they do these things in addition to that. And the other thing that you talked about that kind of resonated with me is just the, the growth through tough times. I mean, it, it's been a reoccurring topic that I've talked about many times on this show, but hopefully it kind of sticks in people's heads that when they're coming across very difficult times, 
that is often the foreshadowing of some pretty amazing growth. And it's, we don't wish the timing of this growth upon ourselves because it's most often inconvenient and it usually it requires some adjustment and um, just a lot of uh, growing in general. But despite the pain and the, the discomfort and the new things, it has very powerful outcomes and it is often a place of abundance for more than just ourselves. We, we impact our community, we impact the people in our lives and, and it starts to create some momentum, not just for ourselves but for, for the people that we connect with. Um, there, there's been some, some times that you've talked about fitness, but then you talk about, uh, just your, your world outside of fitness. Is there other career aspirations? Is there speaking? I think I saw you have a book out, like what else makes up who you are? Um, yeah, you know, actually one of the things that's crazy about, um, aspirations or aspire to inspire or things like that is, um, I've always been in flow. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but like for me, I never push, I never push, I never shove, I never force my way into an opportunity. Um, usually the things that come my way are coming my way because of the work that I do. So my goal every day is to make sure that I'm showing up authentically, vulnerable, vulnerably. Is that a word? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You feel me, right? It's basically I want to show up as a regular human being in whatever environment that I'm placed in. I read something and I know you've probably seen it on the Internet, too. It says bloom where you are planted. Right. And since we're talking about growth season, I feel like I can only speak about growth season to let you know that oftentimes in my own periods of growth, I have not forced anything. I have not pushed my way into anything or begged my way into anything. And I always end up, in my opinion, exactly where I'm supposed to be. I think that's important because sometimes uh, impatience can take over for people. Sometimes we'll get frustrated. We start comparing ourselves to others. Um, we don't necessarily trust the process or that that flow or the the nature of the way things go in life. But to hear that from you with with all of your experience will will be helpful. Um, with regards to like putting out your messaging, whether it be through speaking, writing. Um, instructing, like, what are the things that you do to make yourself better? Like, before we started, we talked about how after the episode, I take feedback. That's what I do to make me better. But I'm interested in in your experience. And, and what are the things that you utilize in your day to day to improve? Okay, I gotta, I gotta rewind us just a little bit, because I when I mentioned that I do everything in flow, and, you know, I don't push anything, or I gotta also say this, because you know, I'm going to keep it real, right, Chris? I mean, I have pared my lifestyle down to the point where I don't need to force opportunities to live at a certain level of luxury, right? So a lot of times what I find when people don't trust the process, it's usually because they are in need of um, money, 
essentially, you know what I mean? And, um, and for me, I have been living below my means for so many years that I've grown accustomed to living below my means. And even though at this point I am in a financial position where I'm, I'm blessed and thankful to be where I am, but I still hold that same kind of mentality to where I'm not pushing myself to um, have all these recurring debts that force me to kind of capitalize on human beings. Do you get what I'm saying? That absolutely makes sense. It's kind of, I relate to it in the sense that if somebody is like desperate for, for change, like it shows, like it, it changes their actions. It takes away from their authenticity. All of a sudden you have people making posts and saying, um, put this emoji if you want to join my program. And it's like, well, maybe I want to say something more than the emoji. It's just when you're kind of in that state of being where you're supposed to be, like, I think that's the way I would put it, then yeah. your actions are much more meaningful and they're going to have much more sustainable long-term outcomes. Like, from my standpoint, the thing that I worked on the most during the pandemic was building trust with people. I knew that it might not create the business that I needed at that time, but I knew I was okay. I knew that I knew how to get through everything, and I knew that what mattered most was trust and clear, concise communication and transparent messaging in everything that I put out. And that's something that I think you probably, well, I mean, I've seen it in, in how you do things. Like, when a person watches something that you put out, they know that what they see is what they get. They know that they can talk to you about anything that they want. And they know that uh, if you don't have time in that day because you have a lot on the go, that you'll tell them. And so everybody has their, their boundaries, but then they also know that um, there is real substance to the connection that they're making, which I think is sometimes a lost art. I think sometimes people need practice in like creating like intent and like conscious communication and uh looking for the the context in in our day-to-day -day. like looking for like where is this person coming from what is their situation um what what are they dealing with not just what am i like for us in the fitness space like we're always going to kind of want to work with more people or have more an impact but maybe we need to look at the impact that we're making on one or two people and make that more intentional. But with all that being said, I'm still kind of curious to um, just sort of your, your growth mindset. How, how do you grow as, as you continue to go through your, your human experience? Yeah, you know, um, first of all, I think you're right when you say that most people in fitness definitely want to reach more people, impact more people, touch more people, that it's kind of like that because once you're really passionate about something, usually most people when they're passionate about something definitely want to create a ripple effect with that passion, whatever it might be, right? And as I stated earlier, in my case, I wasn't that was never my mission, right? My mission was just to just be able to do what I love to do and, you know, to kind of keep my, my spirits high and, you know, all of that. But, um, I never, uh, back down from a challenge. Okay. So you said like, so how do you continue to grow when the pandemic hit 
in Los Angeles, which is where I work and where I live. Um, we were unsure as to how long would the gyms actually be closed. No one knew. There was no like, hey, it's going to be two days. It's going to be two months. It's going to be two years. No one knew. So my friend Allie, she calls me and she goes, Claudine, dead serious. You need to get on Instagram live and do a workout like right now. And I was like, girl, oh my God, the gym is probably going to be open next week. She was like, we don't know though. We don't know. So one of the things I try to do um, in my growth process, since you're asking is I try to pull the trigger. I try to not overthink. And, you know, Allie says, go get on Instagram live. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So how do I do this? I mean, I knew how to do Instagram live. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like, how do I prop the camera up and make sure I get the right angle and get some light in here and da, 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 da. it's just a whole process. And then my kids are upstairs doing zoom school. Like, am I disrupting them? Is the music too loud? Or am I going to get this video pulled down because it has music? You know I mean? There's so many things, right? But I, instead of doing the overthinking thing, and I'm not going to throw my husband under the bus, but I will say that I am married to an overthinker. So I recognize that there are a lot of overthinkers in the world. It's not just my husband. It's I'm sure there are a multitude of people who can relate to this. I am not really an overthinker. I'm kind of like one of those people who just, okay, we'll see what happens. If I fall flat on my face and I do it in front of people, I've learned through my decades of experience in the gym that even when you fumble, even when you stumble, even when you fall, people relate to you because all human beings fumble and stumble and fall. That's true. I mean, uh, that that is something that people are scared to deem as being true you know like sometimes yeah. like well i'm not going to get back up so i need to pretend that i never fall i need to pretend that i never break down or fail or experience hardship but no it's uh it's back to that whole connecting piece and it's when people are developing a community that's the glue that keeps it together that's that's what kind of keeps people in in contact with you when aspects like being able to go to a geographical location are eliminated or when we have to be distanced like when when giving everybody that you want to give a hug to isn't really an option like those those are the things that keep things like that together um Something else that I, I wanted to bring up was when when you're thinking about what you want to do next or like what what direction that you want to go next, where is it that you get your inspiration from? Like everybody kind of has like that uh, that direction, that, that compass in their life. Maybe it's mentors, maybe it's uh, values. What is it for you? Yeah, values is a big one for me. I don't know if you've ever done the Deepak Chopra 21 day meditation challenge or anything like that. But um, uh, ironically enough, a couple years ago, just before um, the pandemic, one of my friends encouraged me to join her with the 21 day meditation challenge. So 
One thing about me, and I think you're the same, Chris, is that when I commit to something, if I say I'm doing it, oh, it's it's getting done. I'm saying we're doing 21 days meditation. We're doing 21 days meditation. So, and we're not half-assing it either. So um, for this 21 meditation, uh, 21 day meditation, you had to write in a journal every day, right? And I've always been a journaler. I've kept a journal since I was around nine years old. My mom, she brought home, um, she's, my mom has always been in sales and my mom won this award. And when she won this award, she got this little package where they gave her like a calendar, a journal, a day planner, and she brought it home and she said, I'm not going to use any of this crap you can have it. And I was nine years old. I'll never forget that because I still have that journal. And um, it. I wrote in it. I wrote in it every day and I kept 30 journals. You brought up my book. I used those journals. I, I literally took pages from those journals and wrote my book. People say, God, Claudine, how do you remember all that stuff? Part of it is because when you write something down, your brain functions in such a way that once you write it down, it's it's much more easy to recall. So a lot of the experiences that I wanted to write about in my book were actually pulled from, you know, real experiences that I had had that I wrote down and that I remembered in my mind. I just had to go back and research and just make sure, am I tripping? Is this real? Did I really go through this? Oh yes, I really did go through this. This is real life shit. So when I did the 21 day meditation just before the pandemic, it was the abundance meditation, which encourages you to think from an abundance mindset. And I know you brought that up earlier. I really like that, that whole philosophy, right? So it's not thinking about what you don't have. It's very much thinking about what you do have and bringing forth gratitude to the forefront. So anyways, one of the journal entries was write down the list of your priorities and then write down your aspirations so that you already are in alignment with your priorities when you start saying what you want, right? So if I say that my priority is my marriage, right? But then I say, oh, but I want to travel more. Then I have to be clear. Do I want to travel more? inside of my marriage, because my marriage is my priority, right? See, once you write down your priorities, then those aspirations have to kind of line up. And that's, that's really how I decide which direction I'm going in is by writing down my priorities. And just to be perfectly honest with you, because my marriage and my children are at the top of my priority list. There's a lot of opportunities that I have had to pass on because of the way my priorities are set up. And those priorities are unwavering for me. That makes sense. And I think that's going to be a helpful exercise for a lot of people that kind of feel stuck where they're at or just kind of maybe need an activity to just go through to kind of like figure it out on their own terms. Like sometimes people don't necessarily like being told what to do, but if you kind of show them the way, then they might take some initiative and uh, discover something that they might not have even thought about. To keep us kind of on time, um, there's a couple questions that I ask all of my guests. 
And one of them is if you were to give someone a piece of advice that would help them to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Of course, you know, I'm going to say incorporate daily exercise into your life because that is something that I'm very passionate about. But I do want to be clear when I give this advice to say that exercise does not have to be overcomplicated. It's just movement. Moving your body is good for your mind, your soul, your spirit, your health, your overall wellness. And it doesn't have to be, I need a trainer. I need a gym membership. I'm talking about move your ass, period. It's so true. I completely agree. I mean, it's not the best business model for me, but I wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) If people are out there and they want answers to what is the right movement, any movement, turn on your favorite song and just dance, whatever feels right for you. Because I know the benefits, you know the benefits, and we we can attest to it. The second question I have for you, this one's going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I think you have what it takes this one you're going to give a challenge to my audience it's legit you're just going to say your challenge for the day is and the the premise of this challenge is something that you think would enrich their day obviously it's going to be different than what we just discussed um something that uh you think maybe you might be the only one who would be the one that would give them that challenge something unique to you so whenever you're ready I'm ready because I tell people this all the time and I feel strongly about this myself. I challenge every single person who ends up watching this video or listens to this podcast to call someone who you have not called in over one month, meaning it can be a relative, it can be a friend, someone you have not spoken to in a month or more. I encourage you and challenge you to call that person, not text, not Facebook, not like their picture, call them on the phone. If they don't answer, leave a message, simply say, I'm checking in. I love that. That uh, it aligns with everything I'm about. I'm glad that you put that out into the universe. Um, With that being said, thank you so much for joining me. I'll make sure to include the links to your social media in the the show notes so that people can track you down, find you and maybe (laughs) kind of immerse themselves in more about who you are. I really appreciate it, Chris. This was great. I love all your questions. I watch your other podcasts. So thank you so much for having me. No problem. 